Hey, it's Slade, and this is Shift Your Spirits. For 12 years, I've been a professional intuitive and personal development author. I try to talk about spirituality with fewer hearts and flowers than most New Age blather. I also mentor emerging intuitives, psychics, and healers in a program called Automatic Intuition. I'm trying to record more and more in advance, so keep in mind the timeliness of my intros could come across as a little delayed to those of you listening in real time. I hate to report this, but you've been asking me and I did say I'd tell you. I was completely disappointed with a wrinkle in time. I went in with an open mind, low expectations, but really rooting for it and wanting it to be great, and it just didn't come together for me. I love the actors, I love the director, I love the book. I thought the kids in the movie were likable. The 15-year-old lead, Storm Reed, is an impressive actor. But something was just missing. I can't articulate it, and I don't want to tear it down by trying. I think it could have been amazing if it had been set in its original time period. Like, do the diverse cast, that's cool, I dug that, that really worked. But leave it in the 1960s and do all the CGI and classic 60s psychedelia. That could have been super groovy. The original audience for the book would have probably been more satisfied. They would have at least been moved by the nostalgia of it, if nothing else. And contemporary kids could have appreciated the retro vibe. I went to see it with my mama, and she really liked it, but she knew nothing about the book or the story going in. I heard from a friend who took her niece and another little girl that the 11-year-olds were really liking it. And I guess that's all that really matters at the end of the day. The message in the book and the movie is a really important one, and I couldn't help but think how I must have been forever transformed by receiving that message at such a young age. I think I read it when I was about nine. So, if this movie ensures that kids will know the wisdom of the original story, then I can get behind that. And I'm living for Giant Oprah. Like, Giant Oprah needs to be a thing, dispensing advice from a Twitter account or something. I did read a terrific piece about Madeline Lingle's hard road trying to get that book published. I found her personal story of perseverance and not compromising her vision for the book extremely moving. It's something all authors and creatives can borrow a lot of strength from, so I'm going to try to find that article and link to it in the show notes. And in other pop culture, I found myself having a surprisingly emotional response to American Idol coming back. I used to hate how in the early seasons they made fun of so many people in the audition rounds, but over the years they figured out the more powerful storytelling is presenting contestants we really want to connect with emotionally and root for. And not only the contestants themselves, but their families. I'm not even embarrassed to tell you how much I cry during these audition episodes. It is like a drug. It's like I'm on a joy drip. I know it's a formula. I can see it. But it's so effective. They're so adept at packaging and delivering this complex, tearful happiness. And doing it in a matter of minutes, over and over, for two hours. And it's the response of the families waiting outside or at home. Entire communities really invested in these other people's dreams, living vicariously through them. It is some low-brow sweetness and light. But I love to cry when I watch TV. I inherited this from my father, actually, and I'm very proud to say I was raised by a straight white Southern Air Force veteran 
who can tear up at sappy commercials and is not ashamed of it. So, I'm surprising myself here, hating on a wrinkle in time and pushing some American Idol. I don't even know why I'm talking about this, because I really can't find a segue now into today's episode about dark social media energy. The pairing seems like I'm advocating consuming more fluff. I'm not really, but maybe I am. Maybe this is all a message about choosing to plug into more joy, choosing where you put your attention and how it makes you feel, no matter what kind of content that is. As always, there's an oracle segment at the end of the show, so be thinking about a question or a concern you have, hold it in your mind, and I'll come back on after the final links and credits and leave you with that extra channeled message. I appreciate all of you who've pledged your support on Patreon, and I'm really excited to see the new names each week. It demonstrates that you're enjoying the show and want it to continue. That's very encouraging to me, so thank you. Listeners who support this show on Patreon can access a guided meditation called Messages from Your Spirit Guides, exclusive bonus episodes, and there's also a mastery level of support where you can download one of my courses for free each month. This month, the featured course is Automatic Writing Lessons. To find out how you can become a patron, support my time in producing this show, and access all the extra bonus content, please go to patreon.com slash shiftyourspirits. This is not going to be easy to talk about. I know straight out of the gate that I'm only even going to get close, if I get close at all. I'm probably going to fail miserably, and I know I'm going to leave a lot out, and I'm probably going to go back and listen to this and think of a million things I wish I'd said differently or edited or included. So be it. I had some of this conversation in a session recently with a client named Marissa from the Automatic Intuition community, and she said she found my thoughts and strategies helpful in dealing with some snarky online PTA communication, I believe it was. It's something that people ask me about a lot in my personal life. Those of you who are both my friends on social media and in real life, you see the difference in those channels. Um, So I felt compelled just to share some of that with you guys as well. Nobody needs to know you don't like them. This is one of those things I've learned the hard way, as they say. It's one of those rules to live by. It's not something that I heard first and then adopted. It's just something that I came from feeling the complete opposite about, have learned the hard way, have observed and made meaningful changes over the years, and it's become something of just a bumper sticker statement Uh, It's something that I talk about a lot with other people who know me, and my own personal kind of bumper sticker version is, nobody needs to know that you don't like them. So unpack that. Notice all the things that that can possibly mean. Nobody needs to know you don't like them. Because... For somebody to know you don't like them only serves one purpose. It's to hurt the other person by having them be aware of your hate. It's putting hate in their consciousness. There's absolutely no situation that is improved 
by someone identifying you as a source of hate in their consciousness. So, you know, even if you want to engage in a war with someone else, you willfully choose to do so. Let's say you really want to go after this person. You do. You've you've chosen it. There's still no advantage to alerting your enemy or to warning them before you strike. It only makes people defensive. It escalates disharmony. It makes you a target. It draws attention to you. Do you need attention so badly that you'll take any kind of attention, including negative attention? A lot of people will because that's all they can get. Or they think that's all they're worth. And they sort of go about either consciously or unconsciously, spitefully demanding that kind of attention. In this age of what's going on in the media landscape and all the flame wars and the online truth bubbles and the vacuums we all live in and the algorithms that are just showing us more of ourselves and what we want to see and all of that, that's a whole thing we could have a conversation about. But it's definitely, you know, a part of this picture. Still, within that picture, there's a certain way that uh, I attempt to behave or I choose to aspire to or at least stick up on the wall and pretend <laughs> I, I believe that I can achieve. Um, nothing is more effective at shutting down attention seekers than silence, right? Like a total lack of engagement. Try it sometime. Don't respond to someone's text and watch what that does to them. Uh, there's a lot of different reasons why somebody didn't respond to your text and it's very much a bad idea for you to make assumptions about why someone is not responding to some piece of communication technology. There's so many reasons why something could have gone wrong that has nothing to do with that person throwing you shade or ignoring you or because they don't like what you said or any of that. It's, it's We just go straight there to that place of I've done something wrong and this person is mad at me. I do it too. It's my first thought. You know, when somebody, I see that they read the text. Why didn't they answer? Um, So anyway, that just goes to prove how effective it can be to choose absolute silence as a response. If you really want to get somebody and drive them nuts, by all means, just don't respond to them. A part of you might be tempted to participate, especially when you read things online. I literally, right before coming on to record this, had to unfriend someone because of something they posted. And I took everything I had not to tell them why they were an idiot and why I had to unfriend them. Um, But I chose... A total lack of engagement. I just unfollow, unfriend, block, move on. Now, a part of you, it might, you know, feel that. Of course, you feel that intense need to respond. And people are constantly giving lip service to how they don't want any drama and they're not trying to cause drama and they don't like drama. But the truth is, Drama and all of that stuff makes people feel important, engaged, alive, 
most of us deal with somewhat boring daily existences. And these are bursts of energy. And for some people, this is the only kind of energetic burst that they experience. You know, they're not going after maybe more healthy outlets or sources of energy. And so this is the only time they ever feel the electricity of being lit up in some way, emotionally, politically, spiritually. Now, unfollowing isn't just some passive insult to other people, okay? I want you to understand that I unfollow because it's the best way to ensure that I don't even know about it and that I don't care and that I don't have to experience being triggered by it. Which, for anyone who might want to perceive you as an enemy, is kind of a bitch slap. But it's also a truly healthy disengagement. So, you know, you could do it to be passive-aggressive. What I'm trying to get at here is you can do that same thing. You can choose a lack of attention, a lack of response, as a way of healthy disengagement. And beyond just you, you know, like, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything or turning the other cheek or any of that stuff. No, this is actually a boundary. It's a filter. It's an armor that you're putting in place that keeps that off your radar to even begin with. If you really don't want it, then you really don't care to even know about it at all. You know what I mean? Like, if you don't want that, I don't even want to know about it. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to waste one second on it. I don't want to have to tamp down my emotional response. I don't want to have to rein in my dogs. I'd just rather continue thinking about whatever it was that I was engaged in that I chose to be engaged in. These comment wars online Here's what they really are, you guys. They're misplaced sense of purpose. For some people, it's tapping into outrage and a connection to a cause. They don't have any mountains to climb. So they pick these hills to die on almost at random. It's the only way that they get to feel like they're engaging in something meaningful or bigger than themselves. You have a higher outlet. I know you do because you wouldn't be here listening to this kind of podcast. Um, You obviously are on a different path and you're looking to fill the channels that you receive information on with different types of conversation and elevated intention. You have another outlet. So keep that in mind. You don't need the comment flame war, die on this hill of whatever argument, because you're climbing a mountain. It's a really cool mountain. It's one that you chose to journey up. And that's so fortunate to have that. Can you imagine if you didn't have this higher calling And all you were left with was just that petty crap. And that was the only way you could get attention. It was the only way you could experience truth and passion outside yourself. I've told this story 
about experimenting with putting out some writing as a blog back in 2006 and that's how shift your spirits came to be right like i just wanted to experiment um i was building websites at the time and designing blogs and email marketing campaigns for people and all that kind of stuff and i felt like I was designing these great systems and these marketing engines for people who weren't really using them for anything. Uh, they, they, they weren't exercising them the way that I knew that they could be. But I started to have a sense of doubt about it. I was resenting my own clients. And so I came up with this idea that I would put something out that was not businessy, something that was very unlikely to quote unquote sell or make money, just something that was close to my heart, um, a passion project. I had a lot of different writing to draw from. And so I thought I'm going to put something out that's a collection of writing and I'm going to build it with the intention of doing all the things that I know that you're supposed to do to a piece of uh, information or a writing project or a collection of ideas, whatever it is that you're putting online that you want to be seen and heard and noticed by other people. I'm going to take something that's a hard sell and I'm going to put all my magic tools to work on it and see if, if it works. Because I did have a little bit of doubt that maybe I'm not as good at this as I thought. You know, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about and, and my system has got holes in it and it's not working. So anyway, you know the story. I put out 12 blog posts about my experiences with spirit guides and paranormal experiences that I had with a kid, that I had as a kid, that kind of stuff. Um, some of the things that have been on this podcast, actually. And surprisingly it did blow up and I, and it blew up partly because I did all the things right, but it blew up because it was something that I didn't realize that other people were looking for. Okay. So what you don't know is when I was trying to decide what that experimental writing project was going to be, it came down to two contenders. I seriously considered doing a political blog and I was split right down the middle between doing a political blog. This was back in, you know, 2003, 4, 5. So it would have been early on. There weren't a lot of them out there. Uh, I probably could have gotten in early and, and made the same kind of impact in, in that sphere that I've had in this one. Who knows? Um, but I was really, really torn. It was a total fork in the road, either doing a political blog or doing something that had to do with this spirituality, new age, personal development stuff. I had two sets of, of two collections of essays for each topic. I could have gone either way. I have plenty to say about politics. I received a name and a concept, you know, kind of in a shining sentence sort of way. It was a clairaudient download for the political blog, just like I did for this one, Shift Your Spirits, 83% fewer hearts and flowers than most New Age blather. I also had one for the political blog, and I can't even remember what it is now. That uh, was 13 years ago. What it really came down to is which energy could I bear carrying every day? I knew Shift Your Spirits would encourage me to be a better version of myself. Now, don't get me wrong, 
the religiosity and the fundamentalism that I run into and wading into these waters is a constant source of outrage for me. It really is. So it's not like I'm riding on a unicorn through the clouds, you know, um, just happy-go-lucky by any means. Um, This has its own trenches and its own version of warfare in a way. Um, Political blogging, though, would have meant running a toxic channel 24-7. Even if I was very careful to put something better into the stream, you know, if I tried to make it more constructive and not so just bitter and petty, I would have at least been beholden to listening and observing and analyzing all the other toxic political commentary that was going on. Now, at least with Shift Your Spirits, I can withdraw a little bit into my own sort of bubble and my own worldview and shoot flowers and rainbows from up here. And um, if I want to stay disengaged, it's pretty easy to. Um, But it would be very hard to do that in the context of politics because the very nature of politics is what the hell everyone else is up to what the other side is doing. It's about the divisions. It's about the boundaries. It's about the property line wars. And you can't engage in that without engaging. Um, So, by the way, resist, fuck yes, be involved, vote, donate, gather, preach, sit in, stand up, all of it. Do all of that. But online posts on social media aren't really that. They're a pale shade of true action. So I want to encourage you, when you think about politics, think about action and think about acting in meaningful ways. Don't talk about it. Don't think about it. First figure out where you can actively engage. Okay, that should be your first priority. And, and, and do all the rest of it. I'm not telling you not to. But getting in arguments on Facebook? There's really no skin in the game. It's like the catfishing of giving a goddamn. But if that's all you got, so be it. I guarantee you, most of the people that you see in there involved in some ongoing thread for hundreds of comments and... You know, you have to open it up to even go there. Um, you have to, you know, it's usually collapse. If you see a collapse comment thread, don't go in there. Please, just don't. But you'll notice if you start to observe the people in there that probably what is happening is there's something about their identity that is being defined by that conversation, by their ability to engage in those arguments. It's part of how they value themselves, and it may be all they have. Oh, God, is that really all that you want to define your self-worth? If your political analysis is valuable... Like, you know, if you're a legit political analyst or a blogger or a philosopher, a writer, put it out there. But do it as an author. There's a tradition in publishing. Authors do not talk back to reviews. Um, You've spent hundreds of thousands of words already 
carefully making your statement. It's been edited, it's been rewritten, it's been refined and polished and beta tested. And anything beyond that is kind of trivial. You know, it really is small by comparison. So you make your statement, you put the effort in to making it exactly what you want it to be, and then you walk away. If you must comment or post, I have a few rules that might help you keep it constructive. And by the way, sidebar, I think these also work in personal relationships as well. Uh, so you might want to adapt those. Um, don't use the words always or never in making statements. Those words are immediately inaccurate and all they do is inspire pushback from the other person. Don't tag anyone. Don't address anyone individually or personally compose what you want to say on a separate screen meaning go over here and do it in a word document do it in a note on your phone don't talk about what you don't like or get in your own you know punch on just restating the problem you know get another kick in whatever it is while it's down um don't just you know, heap another handful of hate on top of the pile that's already there and growing. State the issue as you observe it in the context of what could be done to change or improve it. You know, this is a rule that I've mentioned um, using in my diaries as well. Um, I, there's a post called The Book of Faded Green that I will link to, and it's it's about policing negative thoughts within your own mind and within your own self-speak. And I use this same concept there. I'm not allowed to complain about something except in the context of what I might do as a possible solution to change it. So I think that's a good rule of thumb to always use when you're posting about something negative or even thinking about something negative. What are you going to do about it? Um, if you can't offer something, then don't talk. Mic drop and walk away. Um, what I mean by that is you compose that carefully crafted statement that you want to release. Um, and if you really feel it's important for you to do so, and you go in and you put it in the comment or you post it on your wall or whatever it is that you do, and then you leave it alone. Do not respond to any comments on what you posted, ever. Don't give in. Don't do it. Leave it for lesser minds to squabble over. Leave it for the people who need it to define their sense of power and worth. You know, if that's what they've got is to pick at your crumbs, let them have at it. Don't get down there with them. The most true reason why I don't post political stuff at all is I can't do it just a little bit. Like, what is... 2%, you know, how is it different than 10%? Where is the line that keeps 10% from becoming 75% in this hot flash of being baited by someone? And suddenly my, you know, idea of just posting 1% political stuff, it, it, it's like 75% of my day. And you lose all day to anger. And more than anything, I lose a lot of mental space and processing power to rehearsing 
you know, like thinking about what you would say and how to say it and how you should have said it different and editing your comment in your head and then going back and changing it. Oh my God, that's mental spinning. It's obsessive. It's useless. It's draining. You give away your time and energy and you feel stressed and tired afterwards. And oh my God, was that worth it to make that one post or that one statement? For me, a cold, hard, white, hot, silent, and none is the only way for me to manage it. 1% might as well be 100%. It's kind of like being a 1% smoker. You know, like, what the hell is that? Zero. It's the only way for me to manage it. A little bit is not an option. I can't just do a little bit. An alcoholic can't have one drink. Um, and so a political ranter like myself uh, cannot have one post on Facebook. And so that's why you see zero coming out of me. Um, I was listening recently to Oprah on an interview that she did with Van Jones on CNN. He has a show on there. And she was talking about giving away energy to the darkness, to the other side. She was talking about both the movie A Wrinkle in Time and also, you know, the political stuff going on in the world simultaneously. You know, thinking about the darkness, engaging with it, even hating it is giving energy to it. We know that. We, we tell ourselves that all the time. You can't fight it head on. You know, you, you have to transcend it, as she was saying. And I was thinking like, okay, well, what does that mean to transcend it? And... For me, transcending it is what that zero hard line is all about. It is managing some part of my attempt to transcend it. It's managing my behavior, which can escalate really quickly and, and get out of control. Um, my lack of attention to certain things is managing my ability to even notice in the first place. And those things are all helping me transcend a little bit. It's it's helping me fly at a higher altitude. I do have to be on Facebook a little bit. Um, you know, I've often thought, you know, oh God, can I just not be on this thing? Um, but I do have a community on there. The Automatic Intuition Professional Community uh, has a private group on Facebook. And the technology for managing a private group is... It's pretty stellar and amazing and easy to do. And, you know, almost everyone has a Facebook account. So, yeah, so far right now it's the it's the best option for us. And, and that's what I do it. But So here's what I do to kind of manage um, using Facebook for groups. Um, and, and there are a lot of other groups that I'm a member of that are worth being a part of. And sometimes I wish I could just turn off everything except my group feeds. But... Here's what I do to just really kind of keep that all under control. I set tabs, you know, to open on my w browser windows to all the different sites that I monitor. My email, my mailing list software, my scheduler, my websites, my podcasts, my statistics in Amazon and, you know, my books and how they're selling, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then I set the Facebook tab to open in the group itself. So that way I can come in as an admin and just keep an eye on the group without swimming out into that larger Facebook ecosystem. That works really well for me. Um, 
that which you give your attention to expands, you know, for a million different reasons. In so many ways and contexts, that statement is true. So don't give it your attention. Everything you respond to, even just to give a like to, expands. And this is not even metaphysical at this point. Online, the algorithms will actually promote posts that have been liked more, commented on more, and shared more. In a world where we all want to be acknowledged and valued, whether in darkness or in light, I don't know, I guess you could want to be valued within the darkness, nothing holds more power than a radical lack of attention. Now, what do I mean by radical? I am not advocating being clueless or uninformed. I find it infuriating when someone equates being willfully ignorant with an attempt to be more spiritual. I don't think that's the answer. Pick a single news source you trust. You'll notice if you do follow me on social media, I often repost items from NPR. And that started because they don't use a lot of the embedded advertising that other news sites use because they're publicly funded. And I will not reshare even a legitimate news item that clicks through to a site where you have to wait for ads to load and then you have to jump over hurdles of a bunch of embedded Google ads for a bunch of crap. That's clickbait. No. If I want to share the actual core story, what I'll do is I'll go and search for NPR's version of that news item. And that's what I will share. And that's just my preference. You may have your own news source that you have thoughtfully chosen to be your source. Just give it some thought and, you know, install some of these protocols for yourself and then stick to them. What I mean by radical lack of attention, I'm getting at the idea of moving your attention from a lot more than what you just obviously find abhorrent. You know, somebody posts something offensive, you're like, what is this person doing as my friend? I don't want to see this from them. Unfriend, block. Don't just block the haters. Curate what you want to see actively. Here's what I mean by radical lack of attention. It's kind of like chemo or something, where a lot of good cells get killed off, you know, in the process of attacking the illness. Um, I unfollow everyone unless they prove they have something to offer my feed that I want to see. Now, I don't unfriend them because some of the people are following me because maybe they listen to this podcast and I don't really know them in real life, but they want to connect with me on social media, which is totally cool. I say yes to everybody's friend requests and um, everybody is can follow me. I just don't necessarily want to follow everyone else. You know, sometimes I'll see an item and it's just really boring or it's irrelevant to me. And, you know, so when that catches my eye and I realize, why am I scrolling through all the stuff that I really just don't want to see? I'll go to the profiles of the people who are posting that stuff and I'll look at like their last five or 10 posts. And if there's nothing there that's really interesting me or that I think, oh, that's kind of cool. This person posts a lot of really nice share graphics. That would be nice to see once in a while. I'm going to keep following them. If I don't see something there that I really need to see more of, then I just go ahead and unfollow. Um, I noticed the other day, you know, there's somebody who posts in a language that I can't read. And I thought, well, maybe they're bilingual and they just do it some of the time. So I went over to their page and, you know, 
100% of what they post is in a language that I do not remotely read at all. And so, you know, I stopped following them. Um, that person is likely bilingual, can read English and follow my posts, and that's awesome. But I can't return that attention because of my own language barrier. Uh, so it makes no sense for me to allow that space to be taken up by something that I can't give attention to. But I make room for what I can consume and what I want to consume. And I try to curate this as best as possible. And sometimes I want a challenging different opinion if it's intelligent. There are people with different political opinions who are extremely intelligent people. And I respect what they thoughtfully put out there. And I am curious about where they're coming from. And they're the best representation of people who may be different than me. Um, I might choose to follow a different racial perspective because it's eye-opening for me. I have an author friend who's very passionate about whitewashing and issues of race, and she's a brilliant writer, um, and I want to hear what she has to say, even if some of it's uncomfortable and um, challenging. I don't always enjoy the posts that challenge me, but I value them, and I choose them because they're valuable. I'm just not passive about what I allow into my mental space. I also try not to be irrelevant to others. <laughs> I try to be authentic and personal, but less fluff. And what I mean by authentic and personal is, you know, yes, I may have a cute picture of my cat because everybody loves that, but it's a glimpse into my own life. And so if you're interested in me, that's not something that's being posted everywhere else. It's, it's unique to me. And so I will post a little bit of that stuff, but I try to keep the fluff to a minimum, you know, less stuff that you might see everywhere else for sure. Even if it is something nice and happy, it might be a cool quote or a cool share graphic. Um, sometimes a really, really good one I will pass on. But I know that you're seeing a lot of that stuff in other places too. And I don't have to be the be-all end-all source of everything you see and hear online. Now, this is just what I aspire to. And I don't always pull it off it's just kind of running there in the background of my mind. This is what I'm trying. I'm reaching forward. I'm leaning into. I also, you know, really honestly notice that everything that I want to say politically is being said. I see my opinions represented. I don't need to tell you a news item of the day because 20 of our mutual friends already just posted it. And I don't need to tell you what kind of human being the president is. He shows you and tells you every day, and you can witness that and make up your own opinions about it. Um, I trust that those of you that I'm connected with, that there is a meaningful reason why. And if I discover that there's something really bad wrong with that connection, um, then, you know, I can sever it. But um, I don't need to tell you what to think. Um, and I don't have to say a thing, really, about anything. I certainly don't have to say anything negative. And I don't have to give my attention or my focus or my voice to anything dark. I don't have to magnify anything with my attention without choosing to do so. 
So this is a lot of do as I say, not as I do, I'm sure. Like, don't go and police my feed and start <laughs> calling me out for all the times that I've failed to do this. This is just, oh, this is what I'm thinking about and this is what I'm aspiring to. And I hope others of you are thinking in, in your own way about how to manage all this. And maybe those of you who feel like, oh, I need a way to manage it and I'm not sure how, maybe some of this will speak to you and will allow you to adapt it um, and, and it'll, it'll be helpful. At the end of the day, you know, we're one race. We're stuck together on one planet and I pray that we survive long enough to evolve beyond all this petty division one of the things I think will be most impactful about contact with an intelligent extraterrestrial civilization is it will change our perspective on what is other. It will shift the otherness away from our human family. And hopefully we can use that as more leverage to ascend. And for the record, I haven't given up hope that we will ascend as a species. Thanks for listening to the Shift Your Spirits podcast. For show notes, links, transcripts, and all the past episodes, please visit shiftyourspirits.com. You can subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or whatever app you use to access podcasts. If you'd like to get an intuitive reading with me or download a free ebook and meditation to help you connect with your guides, please go to sladeroberson.com. And if you're interested in my professional intuitive training program, you can start the course for free by downloading the attunement at automaticintuition.com. Before I go, I promise to leave you a message and answer to a question or concern you may have. So take a moment to think about that. Hold it in your mind or speak it out loud. I'll pause for just a few seconds right now. How much do you secretly enjoy fighting? Maybe it's not even conscious. Are you guilty of being a right fighter? Does it make you feel special to be contrary to everyone else? Do you remember what you were rebelling against in the first place? How much energy do you spend on anger? Just choose to observe and become more conscious of how much outrage you're wasting. Outrage is addictive to those of us with compassion and empathy. Consider what you can make with all that passion. And I'll talk to you later.